Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. If we happen to be on the street in our city and find ourselves in trouble, we would immediately turn to someone wearing a uniform. There's something about what the uniform expresses that qualifies the person wearing it. He or she has instant credibility by virtue of what they express. What do we express? Can people see Christ within by looking at our outward expression? Stay with us today as we look at the priestly garments in Exodus on our Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. There's a marvelous and inspiring story attached to these two servants of God, two ministers of his economy who lived in this century. Both were very bright young men in China. After World War I, the Lord Jesus called each of them to leave promising careers and bright futures to serve him with their whole lives. Living sacrifices to Christ, they labored faithfully until Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the communists in the early 1950s. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried the ministry to Taiwan, where a major spiritual awakening and revival soon followed. In 1962, he came to the United States and began his work here of ministering the riches of Christ and ministering his word to the seeking hungry believers. The Lord called him to his rest in 1997. And since that time, we've had the honor and privilege of bringing you these life study messages on radio. We try each day to bring you short recorded excerpts of his spoken ministry as he faithfully opened the riches in the Word of God book by book over a 21-year period. Once again today, we're in the life study of Exodus, and joining us to add his fellowship is Dennis Higashi. Welcome to the program, Dennis. Thank you, Chris. It's good to be here again, and I agree with you that it is an honor and a privilege to be here with you and with the life study of Brother Lee. Well, we don't give that lengthy introduction every day, but from time to time, I think it's good for our listeners and even for ourselves to be uh, refreshed and get a bit of that biography of these two uh, inspiring men. That's correct, Chris. Today we're going to continue to look at the garments that the priests were required to wear before entering into the holy place to carry on their priestly function. I was thinking about this word, Dennis, and it struck me that it appears to be something quite outward. Of course, we're talking about the clothing that the priests wore. And in this program, in our broadcast, Life Study of the Bible, indeed, this ministry is primarily focused on the inward aspects of the Christian life, the intrinsic aspects. So why do we come now to examine in such great detail the outward garments of the Old Testament priest? I think, Chris, this is a good question to see that as a normal reader of the Bible, I believe when we read this section in Exodus, we would think to ourselves, well, this is a great story. The priests are dressed quite nicely, but we don't have much realization that this really bears some spiritual and intrinsic significance. And I think this is the awesomeness the sublimity of Brother Lee's writing, because he, through the Word, interprets it for us. We can see how much this expresses Christ. 
the principle that you're just talking about has been very much displayed as we've looked at all of the details of the tabernacle, its structure, the uh, all of the materials used in its construction, and especially the items of furniture that were found within the various compartments or uh, chambers in the tabernacle. Now, as we come to look at the garments of the priests, we find the very same principle. All of these things, their order, their sequence, even how they're fastened, uh, all bear rich spiritual meaning, and that's what we're here to unfold and bring to our listeners today. And I'm so glad that we could be here, and this is just the first of many programs on the priestly garments Well, Dennis, let's join Witness Lee with uh, the first portion of his speaking, and then you and I will come back and have some short fellowship about that. Here's Witness Lee. Now we come to the uh, priestly garment to become a serving rope. The priests, they must be under a special designed garment. This garment is composed mainly with six items. What are the six items? First, a breastplate. There's a plate built with 12 precious stones. Then this breastplate is built upon an ephod. What is an ephod? It was a vest without sleeves. Then... You have the robe. The robe is a long gown from shoulder to the feet. Long gown to cover your entire fleshly body because God charged the priest not to have any part of the body naked. Then you have a tunic, just like a long jacket, like today's short raincoat, breastplate, the robe, uh, ephod, and the tunic. Now you have the turban. Turban is just a head covering, a crown. Then you have the girdle, to girdle the load. These are the six pieces. These are tabs signifying that all the priests who are serving God must have this kind of expression. According to the New Testament, these expressions, which are upon the priests, are expressions of Christ. If you wear other garments, you are not qualified. Every policeman must wear the police uniform. Only the police Uniform qualifies the policeman. So this expression of Christ qualifies us. You say that you are a priest. Uh, Do you have the expression of Christ to qualify you? Your qualification of being a priest depends upon your expression of Christ. So the expression is the qualification. Well, Dennis, there were six separate items that composed the garments specified by Jehovah for the high priest to wear. These were the breastplate, the ephod, the robe, the tunic, the turban, the girdle. And together, these six items gave the priest a certain 
expression that qualified him for his priestly service. Dennis, we have an analogy here to the uniform that a policeman wears. A uniform does carry with it an expression that sets that person apart, doesn't it? That's true, Chris. I believe Brother Lee gave the good example. If a person was standing in the middle of the street without a uniform and just normal clothes, no one would pay attention to him. But by the very fact that a police officer has a uniform, it has a certain expression that comes with a certain authority. A police's uniform, a judge's robe, illustrates the fact that clothing signifies expression. According to the New Testament, The priestly garments signify the expression of Christ, and every aspect of the priestly garment signifies an attribute and virtue of Christ. This is important to see. Consequently, the priestly garments are the serving one's expression of Christ. What qualifies us to serve? It is not our education. It is not just our enthusiasm. It is not our altruism. It is the expression of Christ. This is the qualification that qualifies us to serve. How, Dennis, beyond the obvious thought that maybe comes to mind, uh, where does this expression come out of? Of course, you know, in our analogy about the policeman, we have he's gone through training and he's been uh, equipped to be a policeman before he ever puts the dark blue on. Uh, So there's a person behind that expression that uh, links, matches. How about for us? obtaining, getting into this kind of expression of Christ that uh, frail mortal humans like us can have such an expression is really an awesome thought, Dennis. The only way to express Christ is to have Christ as our content, Christ as our very constitution. What we are automatically becomes our expression. What we eat becomes our expression ultimately. So you can see that as we enjoy Christ as our content, as we enjoy Christ as our daily manna, as we saw in the previous broadcasts in Exodus, as we enjoy Christ as the living water, the tree of life, eventually this enjoyment of Christ has an expression. And this expression is Christ lived out in our daily life. So this is how we can relate to the Old Testament priests. The priests in the Old Testament were there with a certain kind of expression as seen through the robe. But today, as the New Testament priests, as we enjoy Christ, we also have an expression, and that expression is Christ himself. Well, Dennis, of these six items, one particularly that is uh, quite unusual, uh, we've seen a little bit in our program a couple of days ago, and we're going to see in much greater detail in the days ahead, this garment called the ephod. There's really no good way to translate this. Uh, There's no equivalent word in English. We don't know exactly what it was other than this description that we get in Exodus. So it appeared to be a kind of a vest, but it really had a function, a purpose, and that is to attach some items, the beautiful precious stones that the high priest was to bear as he went into God's presence. It's a unique and a very interesting item of clothing that we're going to, as I say, spend some time getting into. It's full of rich significance. Uh, And there's one verse particularly, very short, in chapter 28, and we're going to touch this in the coming two sections. So let me read this verse quickly. This is, again, Exodus 28, verse 2. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. And one of the things worth noting, the garments can have function, but in this case, this garment also had a specific function, which was just to beautify the high priest. That's correct, Chris. That's very significant. It's quite a wonderful point. Let's join Witness Lee once again. We all can see that all the policemen under the uniform, that uniform separates them from any common people 
when they put on the uniform and come to you, <laughs> you're driving, you are afraid of him. But the same he comes to you without police uniform, you are not afraid of him. Because that policeman doesn't have the qualification. He is not separated from common people. He is just one among all the common people. The priests are sanctified. Sanctified means separated for God's purpose. So, we are sanctified by the expression of Christ. We must express Christ. Then this expression not only qualifies us, but also sanctifies us, separates us. We are separated. You have to realize that in the priest garments, a lot of gold involved. And this typifies that the divine nature, Amen. the divinity of God is all together involved with the priestly garment. In other words, the priest must express Christ divinity. If you read the four Gospels carefully, you could see, yes, Jesus of Nazareth lived a human life. But in his human life, divinity is involved there. Some gold. The Lord Jesus did express the glory of God. Even John tells us that they have beheld, they have seen the glory of uh, Jesus, which is the glory of God's only begotten Son. That is something divine. Hebrews 1 tells us that Christ was on this earth, the effulgence of God's glory. He expressed God. He expressed the divine attributes. Well, Dennis, you mentioned a, a moment ago this matter of the expression being a kind of a qualification, and this was Witness Lee's point in this portion we just heard. For the policeman, the uniform, in a way, becomes the qualification for him to occupy that position. Uh, and our expression is what qualifies us to be the priest. When Christ was on the earth, he was a genuine man with a genuine humanity. Yet in the Gospel of John, in the book of Hebrews, we see that even in his humanity, he bore a divine expression. Well, what's the connection, what's the analogy, or what's the application of this for us? Chris, this is a marvelous point, and here we see that... Uh, Again, I'd like to come back to the matter of this expression. The expression is our qualification. This is, I think, a divine thought. We don't normally think that the uniform or that the clothes we wear uh, bears any more significance than it's just something to put on every morning. But we can see from the priests that the instruction from the Lord himself is that they have to wear a certain type of clothing. This clothing 
expresses something, and this expression is the qualification to serve. Again, I say our qualification to serve is not just our enthusiasm. Our qualification to serve is our enjoyment of Christ lived out and expressed through us. Only then are we the real priest. Not just because we have a certain type of garments are we a priest, but we have to have a certain content with a certain living, with a certain expression to be the real priest today. In the light of our fellowship and discussion today, we can see that the Gospels really open up a whole new light. You mentioned this verse in Exodus 28, that these garments, the holy garments, are for glory and for beauty. I believe Brother Lee brings out in the life studies that the glory really means the glory of Christ's divinity, and the beauty refers to Christ's humanity. Here we see in one man, Chris, the Lord Jesus in the Gospels, the weaving, the mingling together of God's divinity and a proper humanity. Uh, With the Lord, the divinity and humanity are blended in a very positive way. They are woven together like a fabric made with a particular type of textile. With the Lord Jesus, the divine glory has been woven into human beauty. When you see this one, you see God in men. This is why he was so attractive. And this is why he is so pleasant and so charming. And I believe Brother Lee used this word, aromatic. His rich divine attributes were expressed through his aromatic virtues. When you saw him, you were just attracted to him. This was a real God-man. This is the term that we, we have used. This one was so attractive and so, you can only say, at this point, he was beautiful and glorious. This is marvelous. It really is marvelous. Well, Dennis, there's another aspect to this expression that we haven't touched yet that's quite important, very crucial, in fact, and that's where we're going in this last section. Uh, And that has to do with a matter of the corporate expression of God's redeemed people. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The uh, priestly garments are also for beauty. Beauty here refers to your expression of Christ's humanity. God's divinity is for glory. And humanity is for beauty. Peter, in his first book, 2.9, says, We are royal priesthood to show forth the excellency, the virtues. This word virtue includes the divine glory and the human beauty. Virtues or excellency here refers to divine glory, they are divine attributes and uh, the human beauty, the human virtues. If we do live Christ and Christ lives out of us, then Christ is ex-Christ. Of course, sometimes we are not like the Lord Jesus. 33 and a half years, every day, every hour, every minute, every second, he expressed the divine glory with the human beauty. We have just to bow down, to humble ourselves, to see Lord, have mercy upon me. I know I must wear a kind of expression that expresses you in God's glory and in man's beauty. But I am absent from the divine glory. 
and the human beauty. Lord, have mercy upon me and grace me that I might be kept and be uh, attached to these two categories of attributes and virtues. Attached to the divine glory and the human beauty. This is the life, the living, that actually sanctifies us and qualifies us to be a priesthood. Whenever you express the divine glory mixed with the human beauty, by that time you are built. Whenever you are so separated from the other saints, becoming so individualistic, right away, scorpions, gophers come out of you. You don't express the divine glory. You don't express the human beauty. You express something else. The holy garments are for glory and for beauty. If there's no glory, no beauty, that means there's no priesthood, no sanctification, no qualification of the priesthood. The holy garments are for glory and for beauty. Well, Dennis, this was a sober, even penetrating word. It exhorts all of us to consider before the Lord what it is that we express. Do we really express Christ? I was intrigued, Dennis, by something that he touched briefly. I wonder if you would address it a little bit, and that is that for us to be in the expression of his divine glory and human beauty, we need to be attached to his corporate expression, as well as having him expressed in our individual living. What about this corporate aspect? How does that affect what we express? I believe Brother Lee used the reference in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 9 to see this. There is such an emphasis among Christians just for individual spirituality. And I believe uh, we can see here from the word that the real emphasis and the real heart of God is not that we would all be individuals who are spiritual here and there, but we will be built up as a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Um, this built-up priesthood has a certain result and a certain issue. And according to the verse in First Peter, it is a telling out of the very virtues of Christ. And just like in the Old Testament, there was not just one priest who was shining, but there was a priesthood, a body of priests. In the New Testament, God's economy, God's thought, and God's plan is the same, that we, as the individual priests, would be built up together as one to be a corporate expression. Only... We as the Christians who are built up can express Christ adequately. There's no one individual, no matter how spiritual that person is, that could adequately express Christ. But only a corporate group of people who are built up with Christ as the content can be the proper expression of Christ. And I believe Paul touched this by using these two terms, the head and the body. The head is Christ, but the body is the expression of the head. And Christ, no doubt, is the head, and we are the body. We are not just members, a one member, but we are members of this corporate body. Dennis, that verse that you're referring to in First Peter 2.9, uh, he's grabbing all of these uh, 
descriptions, these descriptors, the holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people, uh, really emphasizing this corporate aspect. He was quite burdened here, it seems. This corporate aspect is very much on God's heart, isn't it? That's correct, Chris, because it's only through a corporate priesthood can Christ be adequately expressed. I'm still so impressed with the beauty of Christ's humanity and the glory of Christ's divinity. Paul made some expressions that were just marvelous, and I believe Brother Lee referred to this in the Life Study messages. He mentioned in Hebrews chapter 1-3 the effulgence of God's glory. That is a divine expression. He also mentioned the impress of his substance. Only a person who has contacted Christ can give such an utterance. He also said that in Colossians 1.15 that Christ is the image of the invisible God. John also likewise speaks something when he writes in his gospel in John chapter 1 that this one who tabernacles among us is full of grace and reality. Grace, God enjoyed by us. Reality, God realized by us. Then he goes on in verse 16 in John chapter 1. Of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. This shows that John, that Paul, that Peter, all these dear brothers really had contacted this marvelous Christ who was full of divinity and yet this divinity was expressed through humanity. What a marvelous picture. This series on the priestly garment, I think if we had announced in advance how many messages we were going to have, how many programs on the garments of the priest, people would have been scratching their head. But uh, um, trust us on this. There is so much richness here and unveiling of Christ. You will not want to miss these programs. For Dennis Higashi today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. you enjoyed this program. For more information on Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, please visit our website, lsm.org. Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.